Oh, yeah, mate. Oh, I'm an older one. I come and share it and I just went to the movies and saw Olivia de Havilland's JFK. Oh, oh, my head is spinning. It is one of the most incredible movies that you have ever seen. Keith Rankin put us up to it. It is either it was going to be boring, history, politics. It was nothing of the sort. It's a conspiracy, mate. Life is a conspiracy. There's, there's forces operating behind stuff. There's what the guys at Older on have been saying for ages. Basically, it's, I can't remember which president, which really fat guy. And like people hate him. There's a skinny guy. And they hate the fat guy president because they're skinny and he's fat. And there's this bit where he's kicking his head and his head's exploding. I think he was in a, like a roller coaster or something like that. Yeah. He's kicking his head and his body's lying. And there's this good fireman. The fireman's trying to stop the fire. And he's just a bit with brains. Just kicking him in the brains. And it's just unbelievable. The levels it went to are these guys and a bit of fighting in Waterloo. And it's just, I, I, I don't know what to believe anymore, mate. I don't know what to believe. I, I don't trust, I don't trust you. Alrighty, going out. It's going to be bugged. See you, mate. Episode 1. Episode 1. Episode 1. Episode 1. Windmill Plaza. Episode 1. Nil Windmill Plaza. Episode 1. Nil Plaza. Well. Well, well, well. Episode 1, Windmill Plaza. Hey, mate, come on. Hey, fair go, right? I've had a hard day. You know I had to repair the tractor today. I had to pull off all the wheels and replace them with eagle's eyes, all right? And you know how hard that is. I have to take it up to tame my tire and auto. You know, I had to fill in three pints of fuel. I had to tie it off the carburetor with a tire wire to keep the show on the road. I had to sew a couple of koalas onto the front bumper bar and I had to shoot two eagles right out of the air just to take a dinner meal for the middle of the day, alright? So don't you give me a hard time. Don't give me a hard time. You know that you, you don't give me a hard time. I've talked to you about this before. So you can't just come here and say that sort of thing because I'm going to read this thing, alright? I've got to just record it in here, okay? Just settle down. Just settle down. There's no need for it. You don't need to go off the rocker like that. Just settle down. Still recording. Just sit down. Don't stress out, alright? I've got to read the script. I've got to read the script, okay? I've got to read it. I've got to read this with my eyes, with my mouth into the microphone. So you can't just sit there. You've got to sit there and just listen. Because if you come over here and you keep playing that, after I start recording, if you keep running over there and you saying that, I've got to read the script, don't you know? There's words out here on the piece of paper, and I've got to read it in the microphone, and that goes to the computer and records it sound right, and then you can listen back to it. And people can listen back to it and just enjoy it. What a great episode it is, okay? And it's just because I'm being safe, let me read the script, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no worries, no worries. Just sit back and relax and have a beer, and have you, uh, have you koala ales, and just sit back under the gum tree, and feel Sort of portion of the fun tree, right? Just take these easy, all right? You start the episode. Just take it easy. Just take it easy and start the episode. All right, all right, settle down, mate. Go and settle down, right? Just take it easy. Yeah, fresh start, fresh start. New start allowance, mate. Give us some allowance for a new start, right? Well, I've got to start again. It's a new start allowance, right? You give me allowance for a new start. That's what I'm talking about.
So I'm just gonna read this. It's like this and keep getting relaxed and just join. Strap your seatbelt on your strap your seatbelt. Back up in the back seat. Even in the back seat. Don't be a bit sad driver. You're being in the back seat driver. Don't 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 have me what to say. I'm just gonna read off the script. Just back up in the back seat, right? That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna read off the script. Come on, mate. Episode one, Windmill Plaza. The rotting white hold of the east was feeling guilty. The nocturnal village's Guy Fawkes celebration had been a rip-roaring success. A bloody ripper! It was ripped, just ripped right out there. Yeah, it was everything that a party should be. A combination of simulated Mongol invasion, a political assassination involving puppets, and a Jabba's farewell celebration as his merry band of pirates and an alien-headed freaks were blown apart across the desert of Kaihoro. It was just a great party, and everybody enjoyed it, and everybody was happy in their heart. Okay? Just let it be as it is. However, I was left with a sinking feeling in my gut as the pinnacle of the party, drunk on ego and meth, I'll admit, Rabbit had tied Keith Rankin to his orange Ford Cortina. Not cool, right? And reversed him, screaming into the smouldering residue of ash and love. Marshmallows and bandicoot carcasses. All for the good, all for the best. Um, it was meant to happen, as they say. Know what I mean? Traumatised Rankin and retreated into the video room. And he was watching the entire catalogue of Keith Sutherland's films. Quite good, quite good, a good collection, uh, his films, while his mum forced him to eat potato kugel. Well, what a snogger. <laughs> oh, that's a good joke. I always pull that joke out at weddings. I, I couldn't feel sort of responsible for this humiliation of a video nerd. Hmm. It was, of course, all the fault of that brutal and sadistic ex-military bogan, Rabbit. All I'd done was to provide inspiration, blueprints, a bit of funding, and follow up constructive criticism for the drunken character assassination of rank. Even if a man gets ripped apart by his friends, insults, and psychological voodoo for 15 years, sue me, you know? Go ahead and sue me. See if I give a rat's you know what. You know what I mean? Wink, wink. Like a rat's. You know what? Nah. That's a great joke. I always pull that joke out of um, uh, initiation ceremonies. Rites of passage and uh, um, dipping on balls. His fellow comrade in uselessness, Steve Stevenson, had tried to cheer up Keith by giving him a, a string model of the universe. But it was the most pathetic thing since un ugly Dave Gray's rap album. Pretty pathetic. Pretty. The model was basically a ball of soaked string that was Steve's only entertainment during his four years stint living in a flooded and collapsed tent in Garfield. So, as usual, the heroic antics were up to yours truly. The hefty lefty Reginald, the V2 rocket. It was Keith's birthday, so I rang up and I booked a table for the hyperinflated Death Dork's birthday at Campbell Sophia's for that Thursday night. 
and I let the various deadbeats and dead hearts of stalker farms that we were celebrating the video vampire not dying for another year. The old, the old video vampire, that great, great vampire with his long teeth. Well, I'll tell you what, everyone was in and keen, even though that jo that joint was run by him. And I say it quietly for fear of being overheard. Run by underworld greasers with knives and sinister hand washing practices. You know what I mean? You know what I mean. The day came around and by 3pm I was already punching holes in the wall in frustration. Receiving at least 12 calls from various members of the nocturnal village. What a fucking switchboard I was asking what we were doing that night. They asked if I could drive them and offering whiny excuses that their wallets, oh my wallet's broken, oh my car doesn't work, my wallet's broken. Talk about a pack of tight nerd wusses, stuff off and pull your balls out of the cow bin, you pack of glutaces, I mean, you know. By the eighth call, I was screaming down the line. Oh, yeah, I was screaming down the line. We would meet at 5.30 out in the front of my place, and I would chuck whoever needed a lift in the bag of skeletal. However, by 5.30, only Fuzzbird was out the front with me. For a second, he'd earned my respect. Well, sort of 0.8 of a second, I reckon. That was until I realised He'd forgotten to wear pants and was standing in the street in a pair of undies and they hadn't been washed since the Crimean, Crimean War. I'm not joking. The odour combined with his uselessness and the fact that he was propped up with a burnt extendable dunny brush used for homeless top dogs was enough to launch a second Soviet revolution. No, no, no. We stood in the blistering sun for half an hour until I could... I was done, mate. I couldn't stand it anymore. I had it up to here. And I began to try and ferret out the larrikins. Well, the prison was still asleep. My fist of fury acting as his alarm clock, you know what I mean? <laughs> Breaking the mercury, holding the beaker, which hovered above his moo-moo-covered sweating body. Rabbit and cold iron headed off to the Tunstall shops on foot for smokes and to find a mysterious character named Nigel Neutron. Bob Beatty was apparently in the locker, needing bailing out after someone arrested him for getting out for getting ready for dinner. It was a new law they'd passed in Box Hill called the Getting Ready for Dinner Law. Well, Percy and Byron were unsure if they were now coming because they were halfway through a documentary on Hemingway. Fair enough, you know. You know, as the saying goes, you don't, you don't interrupt a good documentary for an Italian meal, right? Am I right over there, guys? Who, who does that? If you're in the meal, you're in the meal, you're in the good dog, you're not going to go to a restaurant. You know, garlic bread or no garlic bread. You're going to sit tight and watch the rest of that um, documentary feature. Or whether it be a feature or a smaller half-hour job. 
Whoever insists on the continuum of Docker is uh, you know what you're gonna sit there and watch say that, aren't you? So anyway, we thought, oh gee, I love these guys. You know, that's what I thought at that moment. Why do I think that? Well look, to top it off, apparently Peter Paradox was looking for magic mushrooms and UFOs, right? On the oval of Kerry Muir Primary, out there, you know, out there under the stars, uh, trying to. You remember the Project Blue Book run by the US military back in the 1960s before they lost their funding? That's what those guys were on, dude. They were looking for a bit of UFO. <laughs> That's a joke I like to tell at Boxing Day parties. I flew in. I flew into a thermonuclear rage. I'm not I'm using the anger to channel a Hitlerian triumph of the will, which managed to get this herd of catatonic cats moving. I, I plied who I could find into Skeletor and I headed for Camberwell now, a full hour late for the booking. Angrily fanging along in Skeletor like a scud missile that Saddam had repurposed into his private golf jet ski. Fuzzburn informed me on Canterbury Road that Rabbit, Bob Beatty and Cold Iron had decided to meet us there. And inexplicably, Keith had decided to take the bus and was walking to the bus depot at Box Hill Central. Fuming, I began punching the roof of Skeletor. I forgot that I'd recently installed a new gun turret, so they just ended up being power-fisted pumping into the air. <laughs> oh, what a life that is. What a, you know, oh man, it's just great. It's just great, you know, you know. Finally, we arrived and made our way to the restaurant where we were greeted by a waiter who looked to me like Manuel, Manuel from Faulty Towers, or at least his war criminal brother. He was possibly the most stressed stressed out bloke I'd ever seen and screamed at us. Booking for engineers? You're late! You're late! Pointing at a large table and throwing menus at us like a ninja something. I mean, no, 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 I'm not saying that, but, you know, well, well fair enough. The joint was packed and the, the waiter kept shooting daggers at us from a dagger shooting shotgun as we were waiting for our table for our other guests, you know. It's beyond our control, to be honest. But And another hour passed by, excruciating waiting. Finally, Beatty saunas in casually, you know, infringing us that Rabbit and Cold Iron and him were just going to drink in the palace instead. I we were waiting all that time, and they told us he was just going to drink in the palace instead. Oh, whatever, you know, this caused a shifty and pathetically massive Byron and Percy to go for a smoke. Those guys were so annoyed at this, they thought, I'm going out for a smoke. They just went out for a smoke out in the view gun. And they didn't return for two days. They were gone for two days. Half an hour later, Steve Stevenson turned up saying that Keith had decided to just go to the movies instead of the rot, that bloody rotting 1920s Rivoli. Oh, mate. What? Right, Bart. 
we're ordering and that's that we are ordering and we're just gonna order some food and if you guys aren't here whatever you know so and we summoned the waiter and I ordered this bag bowl and the waiter asked the other guys what they wanted and the filthy lot of them you know Fuzzburn, Peter Paradox, Prism all these visiting mates the, uh, the block but also they weren't hungry I mean, oh, the waiter screamed at us I'll tell you what he screamed at us mate he's just like get out get out and I exploded in, in, in a rage and I was slinging rusty pizza places at Peter Costello's economic wizardry. I was just flinging them up there at the wizardry and that. And I ran into the car park and I was gnashing my teeth and I was expelling bile and laughter and I siphoned, I ended up siphoning, five siphoning petrol from countless Peugeots that were parked in there, you know. And um, what, what was the what was that promo at the time they had? The panda thing? Oh, the panda, panda, uh, professional panda uh, group. Anyway, no, I don't know where else to go. Oh, the zoo. Yeah, the zoo boys. Some of them. Yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just a zoo. <laughs> so like a possessed garbage pail kid or a bloody cabbage pan, wombat, you know, I began to launch Molotov cocktails at the pizza hellhole. And I launch them and yeah, you know, as you can imagine, you can imagine the staff. I mean they're running out to confront me, right? You can imagine it. But to my surprise, they began to cheer me on. Wanting to burn down the, the place in a tax right. So you know, I'm looking at them and straight in the eyes because uh, you know, I believe that's a polite way. And they're, and when I look in their eyes, they're just reflecting real and demonic fire. And they're contorted in a sort of a Syrian dance of war, cheering on the great white Labrador, yours truly, and his John Wayne-esque build, yours truly, as I threw a firebomb after firebomb at dining families and Kerry grammar prefects. Yeah, yeah. And they're just on fire and they're kind of questioning why they're on fire and they're sort of analysing why they're all ablaze and that. And, oh, and I'm still, like, I'm still angry, you know. Um, I'm incandescent with rage. Right? Like that, let, I mean, let that sink in for a minute. And I began to ram a bur my burning skeletal into the window of the pastor criminals. So I'm ramming the win window, and inside there's a party of women, and they're living their lives under a table, you know, day in, day out. And they just, they're in there day after day, and they just, they're just under the tables the whole time. It's, uh, I, I'd call it anxiety, you know, I'd say that's what they're suffering from. But they just sit under, under the tables and they have conversations like, you know, it's like they reverted back to five-year-olds playing forts under the table. You know when you cover the, sheet, the table with a sheet and you, it's like your own little world under there and you feel safe and tucked away from the rest of the big bad world and uh, uncaring universe. So that's what these cowboy house, housewives are like. So we hold up a burning banner celebrating someone called Helen in her first day, 40th birthday. And then we start, we all start singing, you know, the great Australian classic. That classic that's lasted, well, probably 40,000 years since the beginning of Indigenous inhabitation of Australia. Happy birthday, Helen. 
and it goes, oh, happy birthday, Helen. Happy burning Helen's birthday, Helen. It's essentially a, 
an, an angle from from my from my perspective. I'm I'm pretty confident he didn't do it. Um, I know I did it. That's that's my view. But as, as I said, you know, in terms of revealing anything at this stage, it's probably a little bit too soon for with our inquiries. Um, I'm a talkative policeman, and also somebody's filling the room with nitrous oxide, which again, it's probably something you can help with. Um, if you have any more cash, just bring it, bring it to us. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs>